We've been looking at Abraham, and uh, we're just sort of taking one chapter at a time now. I know you wonder why. Why look at Abraham? What's so important about Abraham? He's one of the most significant figures in our Bible, as you know, uh, mentioned hundreds of times in the Old Testament, almost a hundred times in the New Testament. And so we've been talking about, when we look at Abraham, how one man's life can impact eternity. We talked about Billy Graham, and we understand that Billy Graham had a far-reaching impact on our society, especially in, uh, in the 20th century, but also in the first part of the 21st century. And his work and his ministry, the Billy Graham organization that he founded, that'll continue to have an impact on into the future. Who knows how long? And of course, as we've been talking about, the impact of our lives has a ripple effect from here to eternity. And so this morning, as we've been talking about how Abraham and his faith impacted eternity, this morning I want to show you how his doubt impacted eternity. And I have some illustrations, I think, that will make it very clear to you. Now last week we looked at that incredible moment when God took Abraham outside to look at the stars in chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, and he made him a promise. He said, now look toward the heavens... And count the stars if you're able to count them. And of course, Abraham wasn't able to count them just like you and I are not able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And this is a watershed moment in the scripture when the Bible says, then he believed in the Lord. And I told you last week that on that one incident, Paul wrote the entire fourth chapter of the book of Romans. It it was an incredible moment. It was an incredible promise. And Abraham had incredible faith in the God who made it. He took God at his word. He believed God. And ultimately, ultimately, Abraham's faith would impact eternity, but not before his doubt did. So we come to the 16th chapter of the book of Genesis. uh, And when we get there, Abraham had been waiting on this promise from God for 10 years. After 10 years... This promise of God that seemed incredible before, based on Abraham's advanced age, as well as that of his wife, now appeared to him and his wife to be impossible. At this point, he's 86 years old. And so in the face of their circumstances and their difficulty, they had a decision to make about God, just like you have a decision to make about God, especially if you're looking square in the face of some giant problem like David was, or like Abraham was when he was thinking about the possibility of ever having a child. Is the God I serve able to help me as I stand in the midst of these circumstances? How would you answer that question? Because some of you may be faced with some incredibly difficult circumstances. You have overwhelming problems, and I want to remind you That as God has often reminded me, although we are often overwhelmed by the magnitude of our problems, although we are, He never is. So when our circumstances are difficult, we we need to make very sure that the decisions that we make reflect our faith in God. So after 10 years of walking by faith, Abraham began to act on his doubt, and I want to show you, to begin with, before we look at any more scripture, three contrasts between faith and doubt 
as we unfold this decision in Abraham's life. And I'm going to give them to you quickly, just three sentences. Number one, faith waits on, faith waits on God. Doubt grows impatient with God's timing. Number two, faith keeps its ear tuned to God. Always listens to God. Doubt keeps its ear open to the thoughts and opinions of others. Third, faith stands still experiencing and experiences the salvation of the Lord. Doubt manipulates circumstances to accomplish its own deliverance. And I'm going to show you that in this passage of Scripture. Chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Now, let me just stop right there because I want to move down to verses. Well, let me go ahead and read uh, verse 3 and 4, and then I'll read uh, verses 15 and 16. After Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived. And then verse 15 of chapter 16. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. And now we want to consider our first contrast between faith and doubt. I listed them earlier, and the first one is faith waits on God. Doubt grows impatient with God's timing. Why is God's timing important? Well, God's timing is important because God's timing always impacts eternity. God sees the full result of a man acting in faith and he sees it from here to eternity. If you take matters into your own hands in an effort to subvert the timing of God, the consequences will have a ripple effect farther in the, into the future than you could ever imagine. So how long did Abraham wait on God? He waited on God ten years. Is ten years too long to wait on God? Now to us, ten years is an incredibly long time. We say, well, I've been praying about something for a long time. Well, he'd been waiting on this promise of God and praying about it for ten years. After ten years, it still hadn't come to pass. So what would you do? How would you respond? Well, Abraham and his wife grew tired of waiting on God. They grew tired of trusting God. The man in who in the previous chapter, the Bible says, believed God ten years later had his doubts about God. Well, there's another character in the Bible who makes a similar mistake. His name was Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel, and early in his reign, God gave him a principle that was to stand true in every situation. He was to always wait on God. He was never to act without the Lord's direction and blessing. And so that same principle governs your life and mine. And most of the mistakes that we make arise from our failure to observe that vital principle. Never act without the Lord's direction and blessing. Always wait for God. Always make your decisions on God's timing and not your own. Uh, what makes a man question God's timing or God's faithfulness? Well, usually 
its circumstances. And, and it was the same way with Saul uh, in the Old Testament. He came up against a set of circumstances that tested his faith and his willingness to wait. And so there might be today some circumstances that are pressing you to act prior to God's direction and blessing. Uh, You're in a desperate situation. You say, well, something, I've got to do something. I've got to make some kind of step. I've got to make some kind of arrangements. Well, waiting is a spiritual discipline that requires you to turn your eyes away from your circumstances and put your eyes on God. Do you trust God enough to wait? You'll have to ask that question more than once in your life from now until you go home to meet the Lord. Uh, Do you trust Him enough to wait? And how long will you wait before you second-guess God's timing? Faith waits on God. Doubt grows impatient with God's timing. Verse 2 and 3. So... Or verse 2, So Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And the Bible says, Abraham listened to the voice of his wife. Here's the second principle that we talked about. Faith keeps its ear tuned to God. Doubt listens to voices and opinions other than those of God. Now, so rather than keeping his ear tuned to God, Abraham listened to the voice of someone other than God, even though that voice came from somebody very close to his life. I made a decision one time I thought was a good decision. I thought the Lord was leading me to make it. And I made it. And I started taking steps in that direction. And the Lord pulled the rug right out from under me. And one day I asked the Lord, what is wrong, God? Why am I so miserable about this decision that I have made? He said, you have asked your friends, you have asked your family, but you have not asked me. And so when I finally dealt face to face with the Lord, I realized that I was stepping out. I was listening to all the wrong voices. And if I just simply listened to God, I'd have to do what he told me to do. And so I backtracked and and, and began to wait on God, and it was the best thing I ever did. So, do you believe that God has a will for your life and for your church? Now, Abraham knew that God had a will for his life. He knew that God had promised to give him a son, but he and his wife put together their own plan to bring about the will of God in their lives. And sometimes we're that way. We don't trust God to bring, we don't trust Him enough to bring to pass His will. Uh, in his time and in his way, we feel we have to control it. We feel we have to manipulate people and we have to manipulate circumstances. Uh, So, do you know what Abraham and his wife did? Uh, They did what some people call putting feet to their prayers. Now that's an old expression and I've heard it a long time. Putting feet to my prayers. In other words, I'm praying about it, but I'm doing something to bring it to pass while I'm praying about it. The danger in putting feet to your prayers is that it's often nothing more than an effort of the flesh to bring about what I've been asking God to do. I understand that concept, but we need to be careful. Are the feet that I put to my prayers actions motivated by my confidence in God's ability to answer, or am I simply manipulating the circumstances in order to bring to pass 
what I've asked God to do. I'm assisting God, in, in essence, assisting God in bringing His will to pass in my life. And so some people call it, well, I'm pulling some strings. Well, you may pull some strings and get your way. But when you pull those strings and get your way, you may find that you have successfully unraveled the will of God for your life. You might discover that you've subverted the timing of God who was causing you to wait so that He might bless you beyond your dreams, but you acted on your doubt rather than on your faith and you pulled strings. You got something accomplished, but it wasn't God's will for your life or for your church. Here's the third principle. Faith stands still, expecting the salvation of the Lord. Doubt manipulates circumstances to accomplish its own deliverance. Your faith in God and His promises will touch eternity. In other words, it'll have an impact. Your little bitty faith, let's look, look at David for an example. David's faith impacted that battle. That's all, right? Nobody else has ever heard about David's faith. In fact, we heard about David's faith this morning. And in fact, some of these children are going to go home and say, Mama, you and Daddy got a problem y'all need to talk to God about because God can handle it. And this story is going to continue to be told because it's in our Bible. David's faith in that one setting is having a ripple effect to this day. Your faith is going to have the same impact. The way you respond to God in the face of your circumstances will impact your family for generations and your church for generations. God promised Abraham that he would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And so all Abraham had to do to be, a, to be a blessing was to believe God, to be obedient to God, and to follow God. And that's all you have to do uh, for your life to be a blessing from here to eternity. And all you have to do, listen to me carefully, to wreck millions of homes, including yours, and millions of lives from here to eternity is to be disobedient for one day, to second-guess God for one day, to manipulate <clears throat> circumstances just one time. Verse 3, chapter 16. After Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife, he went into Hagar, she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And the rest is history. It is a history of hurt and heartache that continues to impact our world to this day. Verse 15, So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. You know what Ishmael means? It means God hears. Isn't that interesting? Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. You see, Abraham believed Ishmael was an answer to prayer, but we know that, we know, uh, that because of what his name means. But Ishmael, more than anything else, was the product of Abraham's lack of faith and his manipulation of circumstances not an answer to prayer. Now, what did Abraham have? He now had a son. 
God promised him descendants, didn't he? Well, he had one, but he had a broken relationship with God. His decision was not a step of faith. It was a step of doubt of the worst sort. It was a failure to wait on God. It was a failure to trust God. And now as we conclude this morning, I want to show you the far-reaching implications of Abraham's doubt. First, as I've already said, it impacted his relationship with God. If you don't think it impacted his relationship with God, look at the first verse of chapter 17. I think it's the first verse. And there's a gap, a time gap between the end of chapter 16 and the beginning of chapter 17, a gap of 13 years. He was 86 years old at the end of chapter 16. Abraham is 99 years old at the beginning of chapter 17. And so for 13 years, Abraham had no word from God. At least it's not here recorded for us. There's no vision from God. There's no sense of God's presence. Abraham, the altar builder, there's no record of him building an altar. So it impacted his relationship with God. Second, it impacted the relationship between Sarah and Hagar. First, it was a moral disaster. Abraham adopted the practices of pagan peoples by using Hagar as a surrogate mother. And it was a relational disaster, bringing a bitter and long-lasting conflict between these two women. Someone said the Chinese symbol, I don't know if this is a fact or not, but it's a neat story. The Chinese symbol for peace is a woman, a roof with one woman under it. The Chinese symbol for war is a roof with two women under it. And there were two women under Abraham's roof, and it was a disaster. It was a disaster in his life. It was a disaster in their lives. Third, it not only brought conflict between these two women, it set up a conflict, a far-reaching conflict, a feud between their descendants. Well, how is that? Well, the conflict between Jews and Arabs that goes on to this day, at least in part, can be traced to this decision by Abraham to step outside the will of God, acting in doubt rather than in faith. The confusion that resulted between the two peoples continues to plague our world today, began in this single act of doubt in the life of this one couple. Fourth, it was a spiritual disaster that continues to cause confusion in the world today because Islam... Islam insists that Ishmael, and not Isaac, is Abraham's rightful descendant. Now, you might raise the question and say, well, couldn't that religion and its influence have arisen in another way apart from Abraham's disobedience? It might have, but we know, in fact, that Abraham's failure to wait on God, to live in God's timing, and listen only to God's voice left a fault line in history that has prompted socio-political and religious upheaval for thousands of years with no end in sight. His doubt impacted eternity. If, if the impact of Abraham's doubt had lasted only 13 years, and only his life, it would not have been such a tragedy, but in fact, his decision based on doubt rather than acting in faith has a present-day impact on your life and mine. Can one man's life impact the generations that follow? Absolutely. One man's life can impact eternity. 
the decisions that you make today, some of you have a decision to make. You're, you're making a decision about leading your family, maybe a decision about a job, maybe a decision about a church, maybe a decision about following the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. That decision is going to have an impact on your family. And your family will have an impact on somebody else's family, and that family will have an impact on another dozen families, and that dozen families will have an impact on a thousand families, and that thousand families will have an impact on ten thousand families, and it goes on and on and on. The potential exists when you take a step of faith, when you believe God, when you believe God can handle your circumstances, when you believe the giant problem that's in front of you is not bigger than God, and all you have to do is wait on God and depend on God and trust God, your faith in that one situation has an impact has the potential impact to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And you step outside the will of God and act on your own and pull strings and you may unravel the plan of God for your life and thousands of others from here to eternity. Now here you sit this morning in a little Baptist church hearing about Abraham, who lived thousands of years ago. And you see the big picture. But you only see a little bit of your life. And you can't see how important your life is to the plans and purposes of God. But it is just as important that you be obedient to God. Would you do that today? Let me pray with you. Lord, we ask that you move in this invitation time. We ask that you speak. We ask that you have your way and that we would yield to your will and your way and not step outside your will. Lord, there might be someone here today, Lord, who's pondering, following the Lord Jesus as their Savior and believing that He died on the cross for their sins and, and that He can be the answer to the issues that are in their life. Lord, I pray that today you'd make it very clear to them that what they need to do. And others, Lord, are facing problems bigger than they are. But God, you are a God who can handle giant problems, whatever they are. Please, Lord, help us to put our faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name.